Welcome to Collaboration RA. This podcast is dedicated to our profession, allowing us to share who we are, what we bring to the field of radiology, and how we care for the patients we serve. We look forward to hearing from you. Find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. We appreciate you listening, and we're glad you're here. Now let's collaborate. Welcome to this episode of Collaboration RA. I'm host Marceline Forbes, and I got other host, Reese Bergoon. Hello. We also have with us Jonathan Marks. So for those that don't know, John is a fellow RA. He is also a fellow co-host of a podcast called Catheter Jockeys. We're going to sit down and visit with John today, kind of visit about the RA and just go over his history and find out more about him. John started his RT education back in 2009, going through the Northern Kentucky University program. Upon graduating, he worked doing x-ray and CT for a few years before entering the RA program at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, graduating in 2014. He was also one of our prior featured guest hosts, Joy Renner, student, where she was his program director. Be sure to check out the How and Why episode where you can get to meet Joy Renner. Thank you so much, John, for coming on with us. Thank you, Marceline uh, and Reese. Appreciate being on your guys' podcast as you guys have been on ours a couple times now. It's always nice to be on the other end and be a guest somewhere else. <laughs> know that there may be some of our listeners who are starting to hear your voice coming through a different radiology podcast. And that's a great thing. I think that when worlds collide like that, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. However, we can make that happen. That's why we're literally collaborating with each other, trying to spread the word, share the wealth, get people involved, and just advocate and support the profession. That's kind of our mission as well. Uh when we started catheter jockeys, we just wanted a different way to bring attention to the field of radiology and overall just raise awareness for the RT profession, give RTs a voice, give ourselves an outlet, share our experiences and make radiology fun and something to be proud of, a place where you feel valued and respected as medical imaging professional. We try and add a little bit of humor and basically a break room talk. Also, at the same time, advocating for who we are as professionals and trying to advance all of radiology. Yeah, I think catheter jockeys brings a fun, lightheartedness to what we do, which is very important because it is a lot of what we do. A lot of us have a really good sense of humor, really weird sense of humor. I think to be in radiology, you have to have a little bit of weird in you to do the work that we do. So that's what I love about catheter jockeys is you guys tap into that nature of who we are that so many of us can relate to. And then you have a variation of several podcasts that are out there and more that are evolving, which I think is pretty neat. And of course, I support 100% all of it. Anyone who can get the attention of our profession, hats off to you. There's value in it, value in connecting. Most certainly. It's been a fun process because we've met a lot of cool people people outside of your realm or just people you work with every day because you kind of learn how people do things and within the different modalities, we've learned so much. And especially listening to your guys' podcasts as well, kind of some of the things that people are doing out there, what they've done moving on from just being a radiology technologist, some of the businesses they've started or other career paths that radiology has taken them is a pretty cool perspective to see what else you can do outside of the hospital. 
How did y'all get the real good nurse, the real nurse? That's a kind of a funny story. So Patrick, he's the social media person. He, I guess, was watching it, the movie when it came out on Netflix with his wife. But he found her on Instagram and basically reached out to her and they got to talking. And he was like, you know, we have a podcast about radiology and kind of relatable. Like, would you mind coming on? And she agreed. She came on our podcast while she was on vacation, actually, and spent quite a good amount of time with us. And so it was really cool and kind of surreal to talk to her and kind of learn a little bit more behind the scenes, the real story of how things happen and then kind of the differences they're portrayed in the movie versus the book, how the story all kind of unfolded. You know, some people we hear from, they listen religiously each week to each episode that gets dropped. Sometimes I'm like that. I'll catch an episode as it comes out. But man, you know, life gets involved sometimes and you get busy. And all of a sudden, next thing I look, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm three behind. Yep, I do the exact same. I remember I was on a road trip and I had a few hours to kill. And I was like, I'm just going to run through these real quick and get caught up. I was fortunate to get to listen to the Good Nurse episodes. What's your uh, demographic like? Seems like, like you said, we have a core group of people that when it comes out, get high amount of downloads right off the get go. And then it kind of tapers off and goes up and down between weeks. We've got a pretty steady stream of people from all over the world, which I think is the most fascinating thing. And we've had people reach out to us from Australia or Poland. And just kind of cool that we're reaching that far out there. People are interested and want to listen to what we have to say. I think the biggest thing is just trying to keep people engaged. Yeah, because you're right. You, we got to be able to connect to stay relevant, right? And, and that's what Marceline and I are trying to help showcase the profession, not only to other RAs, but potential RAs, such as RTs who are maybe thinking about going this route. It's not even the RA specific. We showcase other avenues that they can go with. Yeah, I mean, that's um, just all of radiology. The more versatile you can be, you know, the more valuable you are. You get the people who've been doing it and working the floor for 15, 20 years. And they say, well, you know what? I'm getting a little long in the tooth. I'm getting a little older. It's kind of funny you say that because when I first started looking into going into RA school, that was one of the things that got me looking into, I don't know if I can be a tech for forever. Because when I first started out, Mm -hmm. uh, worked with senior year experienced techs and they started having shoulder replacements or knee replacements because it takes a toll on you. Moving patients, pushing the portable standing all day or up and down. That's when I started like, well, what else could I do in radiology? And I started looking into to be a physician assistant. One of the CT technologists I worked with, she was like, I'm thinking about doing RA school. And I was like, I've never heard of such. And so she had already gotten into the UNC program. She was like, you know, hey, hurry up and like apply the deadlines in a couple of weeks. Like we can go to the program together. And so that's kind of how I started on that journey. I went to the University of North Carolina. And so basically how I ended up in, in a pick there, put all my money into that and then kind of started researching after already applying to the program, what actually an RA does and how many they are, how hard it is to find a job. I kind of did it backwards as far as preparing because I was trying to rush to get into the program. We actually both got in and was about three months into doing clinicals or the radiology group unfortunately decided that they didn't want to see our training through once they figured out that 
clinicals are a little bit more involved than just sitting there watching them dictate, interpret images all day. When they kind of realize that, hey, you know, you have to be our preceptors, you have to spend the time training us and teaching us. They weren't really fully engaged with what the RA role was. And since we've never had one at the facility, it was kind of tough to explain, well, you know, we're not really sure what our full extent role is. We just kind of started the program. And so we try to basically portray it, you know, we're going to be extenders, just like physician assistants. And so then it got people starting out down the rabbit hole. Well, if you're just going to be just like a PA, but you can't bill, then why should we train you? Unfortunately, they were like, well, we're not going to see this through anymore. They ended our preceptorship agreement with them and we were both kind of, we're stuck. She chose to drop out of the program. And I luckily is how I met Roosevelt. He had graduated UNC a couple of years ahead. So that's how I ended up in Florida. They were willing to take me on. And so I've actually been down here in Florida ever since. 10 years later, actually now, I owe a lot of gratitude to her for getting me interested in it and realizing that this is what I want to do and where I want to be and how fascinating just being an RA. The continuous learning, I think, is for me one of the biggest things um, because there's always new skills every day, you know, learning or trying to hone and develop further and getting to do more and more as the, you know, docs trust you with things, doing a lot of like interventional oncology planning um, and just kind of being involved more with a lot of the other multidisciplinary stuff. It's kind of cool just to see where we continue to grow and how involved we can be as a RA. I think what makes it hard as I was listening to you talk in the conversation, I think we want to stay within the field of radiology. And I think that's why a lot of us, when we choose the RA pathway, we do. The other thing that I listen in your conversation and losing that ability to have that clinical site see you through because of the billing component. I think one of the things that has really been falling on deaf ears about our profession is we were RTs first, always have been. We've done everything from the ground up. And so it's really sad that we don't get supported in the fashion that we should. And I say that for a couple of different reasons. One, because we did start from the ground up. We built our way up there. We started out as x-ray students. We became x-ray technologists. We started out at the very bottom, learning these procedures with our radiologists, doing all the backhand work, and then stepping into the RA role to train and to take into this position where you're literally working with the radiologist. And then on top of all of that, we've made sure that we stay within those pathways that were designed for us. Mm. And so it's really disheartening sometimes to hear the stories where because of the billing, because that's what's holding us back, but we're not the ones holding that back from us. We're all advocating for it. Right, exactly. You know, and sometimes it seems like an easy excuse for things to kind of be something easy to point a finger at is we can't bill for you. Why should we see this through? You're just a technologist. You're not at the same level as the other extenders. You're good enough for us to take all your imaging. You're good enough to entrust us you know, preparing for the procedures, making sure everything's right, everything's set up properly. But when it comes to having someone to be another extension of you, you're willing to trust someone else who has no training in radiology to start with. And so it's, like you said, very disheartening that even our own people can't trust us, the people that have already been there for, as you pointed out many times, a minimum already of six to eight years as working as an RT, just to be at the level of an RA and at a master's level in radiology. That's a, one of the bigger barriers, I think, that to overcome is 
getting our people to trust us to be the ones to help them do their job. Well, if you don't have the title of a radiologist assistant, they have no problem with you doing it. Finding that support and gaining that support, I think, and looking at things and seeing who we always have been and who we always will be. We've always been a technologist. We always will be a technologist. We've just advanced our technological degree. 100% agree. You know, a lot of places have super techs where all the techs do, you know, a good majority of the fluoroscopy as a super tech and they trust them to do all of that work. They're still reaping all the rewards for it. But when there's someone shaking up the game, such as an RA, then they can get a little iffy or get a little weary about who they're entrusting and why they should trust you to help them with the procedures. So, and, and I think that goes to a lot of the misinformation and the uncertainty of the RA profession is that people, when they're uncertain about things or they're fearful of change, it can make it difficult for them to try something new or to accept change. Things don't always have to be done the same way, even though that's what they're most comfortable with is it being done the same way. It's tough sometimes to find good reviews of things. And so you can have, you know, a thousand good reviews and a couple bad reviews that get elevated, which doesn't anywhere reflect the quality or product of what you're putting out there. And so it can have a real uh, downward effect, as we know, misinformed about, whether it's our education or training or experience mm-hmm. or clinical acumen to be at the same level and delivering high quality patient care as the other extenders. I uh, had the opportunity to work with a new radiologist in our group who has not had the luxury of working alongside an RA. I introduced myself and one of the other radiologists in the reading room approached him and said, if Reese is coming to you with a question, it means he's, a, he's neck deep and is needing some help with an issue. But otherwise, you know, it's pretty much part for the course. And so that week I was working with him, he was just like, man, this is normal for you? I was like, yeah. It's really nice that radiologists are starting to share that information with radiologists in their group. And, you know, the RAs are doing exactly as they have always said that they were going to do, and they're not doing anything more than that. I know we've heard mixed reviews of who is not, not in full support. And a lot of times you get it, you hear from the younger, newer RADs or the older RADs who've never worked with the extender before. We've had so many new RADs come in and start with our practice and group, and some of them haven't done procedures since residency, haven't done fluoro, barely did fluoro, period. It's kind of like a a breath of fresh air for them when they see how much we do, how much we can offer and the high level that we offer and how accurate we are and what we do. It's a culture shock with how practices outside of academia, you know, no fault of their own, but we're willing to help help bring them to speed, get their skills so that we can offer the same level of care. There's some rads that are very set in their ways and once things done a certain way and that is perfectly okay with us. It's not going to hurt any of our feelings when we're doing it because you are the radiologist and you are more than welcome to do your own job. And, you know, we're here for support and, you know, we'll do everything we can to help get the patient ready and make sure that they have smooth procedure and everything goes completely fine because there's plenty of work to do in the rest of the department. The RA is pretty fascinating in that aspect. Again, going back to our background, we always assisted them. As Mm -hmm. technologists, as RAs, I don't think any of us ever get our feelings hurt when they want to do their own procedure. Um, Reese and I work with a lot of radiologists who prefer to do their own procedures. 
And we're there to guide whatever process needs to be guided. You know, am I getting the patient in the room? Am I getting them set up, working towards the consent and then doing all the backhand stuff as they do the procedure, making sure all the pathology is lined up, making sure that we have all the correct paperwork, things along those lines. And I think it just comes from our natural progression and background of the RT. I mean, I just think there's so many things phenomenal about what we do that really gets missed on on the backside of things. Yeah. And from technologists to watching them do the procedures, setting up for the procedures, you know, and then now as an RA doing the same thing, but now assisting with the procedures, being more directly involved in the care, helping with the decision-making process, um, working up the patients, making sure the patients are NPO, if they're even consentable, their labs and you know, not on any uh, medications that are going to affect the outcome of the procedure. You know, just little things that anything that can kind of keep them doing what they're doing and let us focus on the kind of little details, even if we're not going to be directly involved doing the procedure, I think is a great benefit as RAs that, you know, it helps the whole department out as a whole, helps out the workflow, helps the radiologist workflow. Having the benefit of working at a institution that had a radiology residency program and showcasing fluoroscopy cases to the residents on tips, tricks, pointers, ins and outs, troubleshooting problems, being able to show them, there, you know, there's more than one way to, to do this or accomplish this. I always reiterated that wherever you end up, whether it's be for a private practice group or teaching institution, depending on if you go into a specialty there's always that chance that you will be called upon to do some of these cases. I always reiterated to ask your seasoned techs that have been doing it for a while, who know the ins and outs of the room, who have seen multiple radiologists come in and do it multiple different ways. So if you're not able to accomplish something, don't be afraid to ask the tech and be like, hey, do you have any suggestions? I'm not getting it with whatever I'm doing and my way's not working. Any recommendations? I've seen both body radiologists and interventional radiologists look at the tech who's been there the longest or the tech who seems to have the most experience doing things like this and say, hey, what do you recommend? What if I were to try this, talk it out as far as options available to take better care of their patient, try to get the answers, try to get the successful outcome. A lot of times the tech will naturally do it without you even having to ask. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Already got it ready for you. Here you go. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point is that the techs that have been there longest are experienced. And so they kind of know how to deal and kind of help prep you, like give you options and just another voice to bounce things off of. Or, oh, what are you thinking about this? What do you think about that? Just by asking for help or asking for their opinion is going to make their opinion of you as well. They're going to respect you more for involving them. So you have to you know, respect your technologist. And when I was an RA student, some of the experienced techs, you know, helped me through a lot of the cases and just kind of, hey, got any ideas or, you know, how we can do this. Those were the times where you learn a lot about troubleshooting and tips and tricks and things you may not have thought of that they've seen a hundred times. If you don't ask, then you're never going to know as well. I mean, technologists are just amazing. Absolutely. Hands down. Phenomenally amazing. And I think that's, you know, we get taken for granted is because we're expected Mm -hmm. Oh, it because that's our job. And sometimes that doesn't get appreciated as much. And that's what we're trying to raise awareness as well for everyone. So, John, I did want to ask you, whenever you graduated through the RA program, 
Did you have a job lined up or how did that kind of look for you? I was very fortunate in that when I was an RA student, I actually started working as a student for at least probably four months before I graduated, working five days a week as a student. And so they would pay me for two extra days outside of my clinical hours to just to help be there, work with patients and you know, help with little things. When I graduated and passed the boards, they offered me to stay on. I've been there ever since. It's my first job. You know, very fortunate to work where I trained. And so I feel very respected. Our group has grown. We've, you know, expanded from when I started, we, there was only four RAs. And now I think we have eight or nine total mid-levels as volumes go up or and they we take on more hospitals, uh, more responsibilities. And a lot of the growth is attributed to the RAs because allowing them to be able to do that and then do the expansion, not to toot our own horn, but the growth wouldn't have happened as fast without us. Did we cover like how you got interested in radiology? What made you look at x-ray and be like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Actually wasn't the first thing that I wanted to do, believe it or not. I knew I wanted to be in healthcare, like sports medicine and getting involved in sports medicine, kind of seeing what tracks, looked into physical therapy school. And it wasn't until about my third year into undergrad that I finally did some job shadowing and realized that that was not what I wanted to do. My mom, actually, she's a nurse. She uh, suggested I look into being a rad tech. In order to even apply to the program, you had to have some shadowing hours. All I did was watch fluoro all day long. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I was like, yeah, I, I could do this. I really knew I wanted to stay in radiology when I started doing my clinicals and just being able to help patients out, get to use technology. And also was interested in computers and technology and also photography. And so it was just all kind of a good fit in radiology. But I also like the fact that you can do an exam and there was also a nice attraction to being able to help more than just one patient a day by just doing different exams throughout the day. And I think this the versatility in radiology is what a real attraction to it was. Whenever you started the RA program, you kind of did things backwards. I knew ahead of it, going into it, kind of what I was up against. As you were getting closer to graduating, you got your first shock as a student when they decided not to cover you and all of that billing hit. What was your thought process then? And what is it now? So it took a while to kind of really, I guess, what the right word, do some soul searching on. I had a few options on my plate. Do I see this through, take the chance and move across country and do this internship, see this program through? Or do I stop and you know, maybe try find another preceptor or another radiology group in the area to take me on? Or do I just not do RA altogether and try the PA route that I originally had thought I was interested in? And it wasn't even until at that time to our, my clinical site was falling through that I had even gotten too much details into the billing. That's when I like every deep dive as I could into the billing on the history of RA, why we're having trouble, RPA versus RA what roadblocks were in front of me. And it wasn't until I went down to Florida for my interview as that I really was like, yeah, I totally could do this. Seeing the other people being successful as an RA, thriving and getting to do all this cool stuff 
reiterated the fact that I wanted to stay in radiology because I already was passionate. I already put the work in into radiology as well. It's not easy going through RT school. I still liked my job as an RT and I still, I think if I wasn't RA, I would still love being an RT. But just the fact that I could continue on to do more in radiology and not have to feel like I'm abandoning my radiology roots. So I think RA was just kind of like a natural progression. That's what I wanted to stick with. And so I think that's kind of what really reinforced the fact of wanting to keep forward on with the program through UNC. It's a decision that I certainly don't regret at all. And it's been nothing but rewarding and opportunities left and right that have just kind of opened up as I've progressed in my career. And Marka? Marka was a was a gift that I still have never received yet. Every couple of years and, you know, the all the ups and downs and the hopefuls and the, oh, it's going to happen. And just to come up short, it's been disheartening. You know, we've all experienced struggles, you know, with our radiology groups, with our peers. I'm very hopeful and think it will pass in one shape or form. I think we will eventually get the respect we deserve and recognition so that we can continue to practice and then also practice at our full scope as RAs. And Marka, it's a goal, but it's, I think, ultimate end goal. Um, You know, we've all established ourselves as RAs. And I think we will, no matter what happens, continue to practice in one way or form. You know, whatever we can do in the field of radiology for our patients to deliver high patient care, to help be a bridge for technologists and radiologists to be a bridge between the community physicians and just to continue to be advanced level radiographers. I know as far as RAs go, you have a pretty considerable size in the group you'll have. Surely there's RTs that look to you as, you know, guides, mentors. Are there any RTs that are interested in pursuing this route where you're located at? We've had several RTs actually become students and then we've actually, they become our RA students um, that we've trained. Usually people that are interested either see us one or two ways. One is, you know, they respect us and they want to be us, but they also don't want to do our job because sometimes they see how hard we work, how much we work, how long we work, are kind of comfortable with their shifts as a technologist. And then we have the others that are, you know, want to be involved, go the extra mile. They're the ones that have everything completely ready for you. You have full trust in them that they've gathered appropriate history for you. They've looked into some things that you might have missed or they're just reiterating a workup. And so those are the ones that when we have a technologist like that, we really kind of sit them down. So I'm like, hey, have you ever thought about being an RA? Or do you have any interest in going back to school? And some of them, you know, either it's, no, I'm done with school. No, I can never do that. And then, you know, you get a few students that are willing to put the work in. So far, the ones that we've trained have all become successful and either found a job with us or other groups within the area where they've moved across the country now. It's always reassuring to know that you're making an impact on other RTs. If they want to be you, you are doing a good job as being a role model for them because they want to advance themselves as well. As we've had these conversations and as we've talked about your podcast, our podcast, there's kind of two questions that I want to ask you. One, since you've been doing catheter jockeys, what have you kind of noticed within our profession that maybe you didn't notice before? Good question. I guess this can go both ways. One, I've noticed that we are all are alike and all have the same experiences. And that has to come down to our training, 
and what we do as radiologic technologists. The other is the lack of knowledge that we know what we do as radiologic technologists. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we get stuck in our own bubbles and by exploring new modalities, CAT scan, MRI, IR, radiation therapy, ultrasound, nuclear medicine. There's so many different things that unless you do that modality every day that I'm learning all the time, just the cool different things that you can do. And so I think that's a big thing that we miss or kind of take for granted is just the awareness in our profession on how versatile and how different we all can be, but be the same at the same time. It's all pretty cool. And unless you're aware of everything, you may be interested in something completely different than what you're doing and never know unless you take the chance to learn about what your peers are doing. So I think a good way to showcase that would be to be like, wait, y'all are having a shortage on contrast? We're having a shortage on contrast. You already have a solution. Well, what'd you do? How'd you fix it? How can we make this as efficient and smooth for us as possible based on how you succeeded? And that's just a very brief general example. You know, on some of the message boards or ASRTs, sometimes uh, you see some conversations kind of spark like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Or, hey, have you ever ran into this situation? Or what do you guys do with this? And I think it's kind of eye-opening on the different levels of things that people are doing for certain scenarios. One of the bigger ones recently was like the lead shielding, everyone's opinion on that. You know, even despite what what they came back as, what their findings on what the proper techniques are. And, you know, because that was a pretty huge disruption for a lot of experienced technologists on how you do things. And what are you hoping since you've done the podcast, you know what it takes behind the scenes and you kind of have this different perspective on the podcast. As you've listened to Collaboration RA, what is some advice for us or how would you like for us to move forward? I mean, I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I love listening to your guys' takes on everything. I love the guests. I love the main thing, the advocacy, the awareness that you're trying to raise. I think that's what it's going to take is just using our voice and our platform to get the message out, to raise awareness. The more people that we can get to listen and be aware just that we exist, the better we're going to be off. You know, and if we can inspire other technologists to want to become RAs or existing RAs to, you know, recruit other technologists to go through the program or other radiologists to spread the word and how beneficial we are for them. I think we'll start a wave of being able to finally cross that bridge to being fully recognized as extenders. If I were to ask y'all, I'm sitting here today, I'm a technologist. I don't advocate and I don't know an RA, why should I support it? So I think why you should support an RA is because you're supporting not only your peers, but you're also supporting your profession. If we don't continue to back radiologic technologists, there's going to be other people that want to encroach on your ability to be a technologist. One of our challenges as technologists in the future is as technology advances or there's easier way to do things, AI is, of course, on everyone's mind. But with the threat of if someone else can do your job, they will do your job. If we don't protect mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. a radiologic technologist and what that means, protecting 
your career choice, protecting and respecting the amount of time and education you have learned to perfect the profession. It's an art and no one else can do your job the way you do your job because you went through the school, you went through the training, you did the clinical hours. If you don't respect all that you put through to get to where you are, someone else is going to encroach on that and think that they can do it as well with less training, less experience, and less education. If we don't hold our ground as technologists and continue to strive to advance the profession and, I guess, demand the respect as technologists, then we may easily lose that in the future. You know, the patient could be harmed. The radiologist could miss something because the image quality wasn't there or the exam wasn't performed correctly. Absolutely. And you start sacrificing the care that your patients are getting. You start sacrificing a lot of things, all at the expense of your patient, by the way. We know we need the RA support. We've known Mm -hmm. that. We've lost support on one side and we want the support of our medical imaging and radiation therapy community. I don't think that we've found the driving point that hits with them as to why they should support it. I'm from the outside looking in. Why would I want to support it? And that hints why I asked that question earlier. What is it to benefit them? Everything is always about benefiting yourself. We have to be able to provide them with that benefit. So I guess, how are we benefiting them by passing this legislation? I've tried to think about this a lot on ways that we can. And in talking with Kristen B or Prof B, I kind of like her approach to we need to be recognized as professionals and at a level of being professionals. A clinical ladder within radiology is something that needs to be happening in a well kind of format. It's tough to, if you don't know anything about radiology, to try and tell people that it needs to be a four-year degree. How can you think, well, I'm going to do this for four years while I've made it through school in two years? That's tough for people to wrap their head around. Why I should get a bachelor's degree when I'm already been a technologist? And right now, most of them are right. There's not much benefit to advancing yourself to either finish your bachelor's degree or to really kind of advance your education any further other than doing the continuing education or CQR requirements. I think for students in the future, having a bachelor's level degree and being able to say that, hey, I know how to do CT. I know how to do MRI. I could work in IR. I could even be an ultrasound tech or nuke med tech or radiation therapy. I think to have those pathways with a bachelor's degree program will get people a lot more interested in radiology because a lot of, I think, the hiccups with pursuing further modality credentials is people don't want to do the extra education or they don't want to do the extra clinicals or they find it hard or don't know how to get started in that. A lot of it may not be even offered the opportunity in their hospitals or workplace setting for that advancement. And so I think a clinical ladder, you know, one for already existing RTs and then one for new RTs to where they can continue to build on their careers and then even advance it even further, either become a advanced level radiographer, radiologist assistant, having the opportunities out there for more technologists for it to be easier and to see where they can go with their career and make it more obtainable that more people are going to want to do that. You know, give them the opportunity for leadership or advancement. I think in the future, the clinical ladder program would be something to start. I think that would increase advocacy throughout the whole profession. 
I didn't think about that in the way that you brought Kristen into the picture, the latter and putting it all together. You know, I hear her say we should be called professionals and I completely agree we should be professionals. And then I also think, why would you not want this advancement for the profession? First of all, once a profession advances, pay grades go up. And not just for the RA, your pay as a technologist elevates. As your profession elevates, you will elevate. You know, I always consider myself professionals in radiology. But when you break it down to the definition, you know, we may think we are professionals at what we do, but until our peers in medicine think of us that way as too, and not just the tech um, or button pusher, I think is what we really have to prove. Everyone just thinks of doctor and nurse, and there's so much more to medicine as part of the team out there. All the allied health professions speech therapy, respiratory therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, all that are important members of the healthcare team. We all don't get the recognition we need or that we deserve, even making us more aware to the general public. You know, more people may be interested in a career in radiology. And you bring up a good point with advancing your education brings other opportunities too, because whether having a bachelor's degree, you could get paid more. And a lot of people, you know, may not realize that having those bachelorate degrees can get you jobs in the corporate world, can get you jobs with device companies, equipment companies, AI companies are probably going to be exploding and are going to need technologist input or training to help implement these things. Advancing your education is going to allow for us in the future to continue to have an impact. I know that Marceline's not getting any younger. And she needs you said to have, last week yeah. I was retiring. Yeah. She needs to have the satisfaction of knowing that whenever she gets into the hospital setting as a patient, <laughs> she's going to have dedicated, sufficient, <laughs> professional technologists taking her pictures. How old do you think I am, Reese? Super old. <laughs> I know a lot of our listeners can't see Marceline, but super old. How old do you think I am? How old are you? Uh, I'm 33. So maybe I am old. I'm 35. I'm going to be 43 this summer. So you're 10 years older than me. Awesome. Yes. All right. John, great visiting with you tonight. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a long time coming. I think there's going to be some more crossover between both sides of the collaboration side as well as the catheter jockey side. Thanks for coming on and sharing with us, man. I'm sure Marceline's very happy to get another episode in the books. We get to talk about what we love doing. We appreciate you coming and doing this with us. Yeah, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. Love what you guys are doing as well. Happy to support you guys as well, because I think what you're doing is is very important on the advocacy side for and for all of radiology and we're raising awareness. You guys have been great and very supportive of us and definitely glad we could get together. I'm sure we'll have you guys on Catheter Jockeys again here soon. So looking forward to it. Always great catching up and talking with you guys. We will be sure to include a link to the Catheter Jockeys podcast. Go check them out. They would love the support. Check out other episodes of ours that uh, if you haven't listened to already, go check those out. We have one episode every week. Go check out our website, collaborationra.com. Send us an email uh, or you can find us on social media sites. Let us know if you want to come on and say more to add to the conversation. We have an open mic. To Don't our forget, guys, yeah. make yeah. sure you leave a review, the Collaboration RA, like and subscribe, share with a friend, five stars. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate it, Marceline. Thank you for coming on and chatting with us. 
John, I have loved getting to know you through catheter jockeys because I didn't know you before. I've loved that, you know, I get to know you through LinkedIn and seeing all that kind of stuff, but just getting to know who you are through catheter jockeys and then getting to visit with you. It's fun to be able to talk with you and have that like mind. You know, thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us tonight. It's always a pleasure speaking with you guys. So looking forward to many, many more conversations. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Collaboration RA. Remember to find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. There you'll find our social media accounts. Give us a like and give us a share. We look forward to your support and thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm.